I've always looked forward to Christmas Eve. I grew up in a church where every Christmas Eve, the children, we would do our Christmas Eve program. So along with the excitement was also that nervousness of having to learn our lines and make sure that we would say them without error. But there was always this excitement in the air because the mad rush of preparations are over. No more trips to the mall or Costco or any other store for that matter. The gifts are all bought and by now, hopefully even wrapped. We can all take just a a collective deep breath and relax. And perhaps, if we are truthful, turn our attention to the baby over whom all this fuss is made. When you stop and think about it, the news of a pregnancy often starts a similar path of preparation. There is that initial excitement. We're going to have a baby. And then all of the preparations begin. We've got to get the baby's room ready. Multiple trips to Home Depot and Babies Are Us. Building of cribs and changing tables. And maybe even painting. And even repainting if the color wasn't just right the first time. And when all the preparations are done, you wait in nervous anticipation of that first contraction. Typically by then, the soon-to-be parents have spent a lot of time thinking about what they will name their new baby. Never mind the stress of picking the right color of the baby's room. The stress of picking the right name can be off the charts. And you start to fall asleep with the 3,000 popular baby names book on your chest. Wait, that was actually 20 years ago when we were picking the names of our children. Today, I'm sure you just go to your computer and Google popular baby names in Alberta or the most unusual baby names in Alberta or something similar. Isn't it interesting how we tend to so quickly eliminate potential names? Ronald? No way, I went to school with a Ronald and he was a... uh, Just forget it, we're not calling our baby Ronald. Susie? Nope, my sister-in-law's sister's sister has a baby named Susie, and we can't have anybody in the family with the same name. Norbert? Enough said, right? Actually, as a little aside, um, you know, growing up uh, in a German family with a very German name in an English culture, I always had this sort of uh, weird love-hate relationship with my name. But I did check out the meaning of it, and I'm sure you'll all be glad to know that it means shining in the north. And, um, hey, I'm from Edmonton. I'm a pretty bright, cheery kind of guy, so maybe it fits. Anyways, parents, at least most of the time, they put a lot of thought and effort into the naming of a child. Because a name defines and it describes. And in most cases, the name lasts a lifetime. Sometimes parents have a name in mind before they even find out that they are going to have a baby. God had a specific name in mind for his son, a name that would ultimately define his purpose. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 21, we had read, He was named Jesus, 
Jesus, the name given by the angel even before he was conceived. Earlier in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel had appeared to Mary, and he told her, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. In Matthew's gospel, Matthew records an angel visiting Joseph in a dream, telling him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus. Now, if you were expecting a child, and an angel appears either in person or in a dream, and the message is clear, you're going to have a baby boy conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you will name him Jesus, you named the baby Jesus. Sure, this child had other names, Emmanuel, which means God with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, son of God, son of righteousness, Lord, Christ, king, and so many more. All great names. Names that defined who he was. But Jesus described what he did. Because when the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream, he not only told him that they were to name him Jesus, but he also told him why. Because, the angel said, he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is the Greek form of the name Joshua, which means the Lord saves. And the birth of Jesus was the start of God's plan to save the world. God would send his son to live among us and as an ultimate expression of the passionate love of the Father for all of us. He would offer Jesus as a perfect once and for all sacrifice for our sins. The angel who told Joseph that this baby will save his people from their sins was touching the very heart of our need. Jesus will save you and he'll save me from our sins. And yet many people would prefer not to talk about sin, especially at Christmas. It's supposed to be about fun and the kids and family and gifts and great food, and it is all of that. But we should never miss the whole point of Christmas. The birth of this baby should, in fact, be a reminder of us or to us of our sin and our deep need of a Savior. That good news of Christmas is an answer to the bad news of sin and separation. And that is why when the angel appeared to the shepherds, he would joyfully proclaim, I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. Now you may not see it from where you are sitting, but up here under the Christmas tree, where we traditionally put our gifts, is a small little manger 
It's a symbolic reminder that Jesus was and is God's ultimate gift to the world. And right beside this tree, we have an empty cross, a symbol of the death and resurrection of Jesus. In order to save his people from their sins, Jesus would have to die. And so you could say that this baby was born to die. In fact, we have been singing about that truth already this morning. What child is this? Nails, spear, shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me and for you. We've sung about God and sinners being reconciled. And born that man no more may die. And then in the first Noel, and with his blood, mankind hath bought. The true meaning of Christmas is reflected in all of the songs and the carols we sing. Yes, friends, God gave on that first Christmas. He gave the world his son, Jesus. And today we have to look beyond the baby in a manger and see the man on the cross. Because Christmas is the celebration of Christ's birth, but it is a reminder that God stepped into our messed up world and he gave his son so that those who would receive this gift would be saved. And so the most important question is this. Have you received this gift? This gift of salvation is offered to each of us, and it can only be received by believing God for it. Belief comes from, consists of accepting something, not doing something. So here's the truth from John 3:16. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God, God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. And anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind, Son of God, when introduced to him. There is no greater joy for us than we, when we have the opportunity to introduce someone to Jesus. Jesus God's gift to the world is God's gift to you and to me. And if you haven't received this gift, you can receive him today. We receive this gift of Jesus by faith. Let me spell it out for you and, and try to make it as simple as I can with the letters A, B, C. A, admit your need for a Savior. Admit that you're in a helpless condition to do anything about it yourself. Admit it, that you need a Savior. Believe, secondly, that, you, that Jesus died for your sins and that he rose again on the third day. And then come to Jesus 
in repentance and faith and invite him to be Lord of your life. And like those wise men, like those shepherds, come and kneel before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and confess him as such. And so just pray a simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of grace. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and that he rose again on the third day. Come, Lord Jesus, and be Lord and leader of my life. And I bow before you on this Christmas Eve, 2017. Pray a prayer like that and give your life to Jesus Christ today because he gave his life for you. And if you have already received this gift, then by all means today, joyfully celebrate this truth. But go and tell others about Jesus too, the one who was born to save the people from their sins. Jesus said in John chapter 12 and verse 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And so today we recognize Jesus as the light of the world. And we're going to share this light now with one another as we take our candles and we pass the light from one to another. And as I said earlier, in case you missed it, make sure the top of the candle is sticking out. The lit candle stays upright. The unlit candle comes in and takes the light. And we'll pass this light through the aisle, up the aisles and through the aisles as we stand together and sing with our worship team as well. So I invite you to take your candles, stand, and let's share the light of Jesus Christ with one another. <laughs> 